Welcome to the Murthy teleconference series designed to benefit employers of foreign nationals. We would like to take this opportunity to remind you that the information you're about to receive is exclusive copyrighted material of the Murthy Law Firm. Accordingly, any unauthorized recording is prohibited by law and cannot be disseminated without our prior written permission. Without further ado, it is our pleasure and honor to introduce attorney Sheila Murthy. Welcome. I'm Sheila Murthy the president and founder of the Murthy Law Firm. Thank you so much for joining us for today's teleconference on the H-4 EAD rules. It's exciting times for all of you who are eligible, I'm sure. I have with me one of our able attorneys, Joel Yanovich, who has been dealing with this issue and getting questions and really been engrossed in trying to approach different government agencies on various issues that we're going to share with you this afternoon. As you know, uh, the rule was passed and it's effective from May 26th of 2015, allowing certain H-4 spouses of H-1B workers to apply for the EAD or Employment Authorization document. I know many, many of you are very excited about this rule and we recognize how important it is to have this flexibility and to have the ability to work. So welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, today's teleconference, we're going to provide you with a general overview of the H-4 EAD rule, including eligibility criteria. Uh, we're going to start by covering the basics, but we recognize that many of you out there listening today probably already have a good understanding of the basic rule. Some, some of, you, of you won't, so for your benefit, we will discuss that. Um, but since the final rule was released, we've been getting many, many questions, emails, phone calls from people who have questions about some of the nuances and more complex scenarios related to the new H4EAD rule. And we're going to be getting into those as well during the teleconference. Absolutely. And the final rule was only released, as, as sort of Joel just alluded, in February of 2015. So it's not been that long that we have the final rule in place. And just FYI, I know told you that Joel's been very, very active and in touch with different agencies. But uh, we, have, uh, we at the Murthy Law Firm, through our able attorney who's been f focused heavily on this issue, we've been in contact with various officials, both at the U.S. Department of Homeland Security, DHS, as well as the USCIS, U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services, along with the American Immigration Lawyers Association and certain congressional representatives to obtain clarification on some of these gray areas uh, that will impact you and your life and see if you and your family uh, or your spouse, you or your spouse, or if you're the spouse, your life, your EAD, um, because a lot of these questions, there are still some gray areas. Of course, as always, the minute there is clarification, we absolutely intend to post updates on Murti.com to share valuable and cutting-edge information with you as soon as the government shares this information with us. So, Joel, can we have the basics of eligibility? Sure. Uh, yeah, we're going to start by just giving a real basic quick summary of, of who is eligible to apply under the rule. Um, first of all, the rule only applies to H-4 spouses. We know many of you have, have children who are uh, old enough that you would think they would be able to work. Unfortunately, the new rule does not apply to them. They are not going to be able to apply for an EAD under this new rule. Um, second, the new rule does not apply again to all H-4 spouses. We, we uh, actually have pushed for them to expand the rule. As of yet, the government has not done that. But for the time being, there are two categories of spouses who are going to be eligible. Um, the first is, well, uh, they're, they're both actually based on 
the H-1B principal worker spouse. So the the first criteria is if that H-1B worker is the beneficiary of of an approved I-140, in that case, the H-4 spouse would almost certainly qualify. Um, Second the second category of people are going to be people who have been granted an extension of H-1B status beyond six years based on sections 106A and or uh, 106B of the American Competitiveness in the 21st Century Act. That's AC-21, as it's more commonly known. Okay. And so the first category, that is those who were the H-1B spouse, where the H-1B spouse has the approved I-140 petition, it appears straightforward, Right. We yes. hope so. Well, so long as the I-140 has not been withdrawn or revoked, then the H-4 spouse would qualify. It does not matter if the H-1B worker is not currently working for the particular employer that had sponsored the I-140 petition. It also does not matter how long the H-1B worker has been in the U.S. If the I-140 petition is approved, and it still is valid, the H-4 spouse should be able to apply for the EAD under this new H-4 spouse EAD rule. Right. And uh, the the second category of spouses is a little bit more complicated. Um, for the people that are going to qualify, those are the people that where the H-1B worker has extended beyond six years based on AC-21 uh, A, A and B. Um, simply put, if the H-1B spouse is the beneficiary of, of a labor certification uh, that's been pending for at least 365 days, and that this was used as a basis to extend H-1B status uh, beyond the standard six-year max. Usually those are going to be granted in a one-year increment. In that situation, the H-4 spouse qualifies. Similarly, in those categories where no uh, labor certification or LC is required, if the I-140 has been pending for at least 365 days, and that this was used as a basis to extend H-1B status, in that situation, again, the H-4 spouse should qualify. Um, in cases, uh, keep in mind, in cases where the LC or the I-140 has been denied, but it's pending appeal, and then this pending appeal has been used as a basis to extend H-1B status, in that situation, the H-4 spouse, again, should still qualify under, under this category for the H-4EAD rule. Okay. So now let's move to the actual application process, which is extremely important, I guess, so that you do it right, so you can actually get that EAD approval that you've been waiting for years and years and years. So the H, as as we mentioned at the start, the H-4 EAD rule actually goes into effect on May 26th of 2015, which is this year. If the USCIS receives the H-4 application even one day earlier, then they would automatically, their mailroom would reject the filing and send it back to the applicant as they do when an H-1 petition is filed when the person is not eligible. It's considered a rejection and not a denial, which is a difference. Many people use the terms interchangeably, but they're quite different. Rejection is simply where they return the package and don't even look at the merits or the bona fides of the case. Right. And at least in that situation, you do get your checks back, but you still don't want to send it early. There's no uh, benefit to that. Um, Then a little bit more in depth about what you need to do to apply. You're going to submit Form I-765. For the moment, you can only do this in a paper copy. Eventually, they're they're planning on releasing it electronically. But for the moment, you have to use the hard copy you will be physically mailing in. 
Um, and you're going to want to use the revised version of the i765 that's going to be released on the USCIS website sometime before May 26. Um, we've seen a draft version of the form. That draft form has been approved, but the official final version has not yet been released. Um, as soon as it is, we will let people know on murthy.com, um, or you can go on the USCIS website and, file, and find that to see if it's been updated. But again, as of the time they're recording, it's not been released. And along with the I-765, you're going to need to provide uh, the $380 filing fee, uh, two passport-style photos, and evidence showing how you qualify. Y you can find that again on our website and also on the instructions to give very detailed responses about what to submit as far as evidence goes. Okay. And so once you've actually filed the application, one should expect to wait probably a minimum of 90 days, as not most of us are now familiar with many of the EADs, the USCIS is at this time in early 2015, they're taking almost 120 days and sometimes even longer with the EADs associated with either the 485 or even with F1 OPTs. So be prepared for a minimum 90 day wait. Uh, even though the government has assured us that they will hire more people and they are ready for the onslaught I don't know that they are, where nobody's sure. At this time, premium processing is not available, and they don't expect to make it available for EAD applications. Um, if you're currently in some other status other than H-4, for example, if you're either on an H-1B status or F-1, uh, or if your H-4 status will soon expire, you will be able to file the EAD application concurrently or simultaneously with the I-539 application to extend your status or change your status. The USCIS has made it clear that in such cases, they will not adjudicate the EAD application until they have made a determination on the I-539, namely granting H-4 status to the spouse. So most likely in those cases where you're doing both together, the change of status um, or what have you with the EAD, you'll probably have to wait a little bit longer than the 90 days or maybe even more than the 120 days in such cases. And assuming that the EAD is actually approved, it will we expect that it will be issued with a validity period that will match the H-4 spouse's remaining authorized period of admission so this could ideally be as long as the full three years if your spouse just got the H-1B or you're applying for it after May 26, 2015, along with your H-1B principal spouse for the three-year H-1 extension and H-4 extensions. Mm -hmm. um, so, Sheila, I think we should move on to, uh, I think, the, the actually the section that most of the listeners have probably been waiting for is our FAQ section, our Frequently Asked Questions section. Um, we have compiled a list of questions. Um, we've seen the same questions sent to us in many, many different forms, many, many different times. So we've taken the most common questions we've seen, um, and we're going to uh, answer those questions, hopefully, or at least address the questions that you still may have. Um, and the one question that we keep getting is, how long is this rule valid? Uh, Sheila, can you address that for sure, us? Sure, sure. Well, actually, this is a permanent regulation. So that's the great news here. So that starting from May 26th of 2015, it will technically be valid indefinitely or until and unless there is some kind of either legislative change or regulatory, I mean, some kind of either administrative or legislative change that would actually take away this regulation or rule. Right. And, and I think we're all familiar with the cap on H-1Bs. 
Um, do we have to worry about any kind of cap on the EADs being issued to the H-4 spouses? From everything that the government has put out so far, there is absolutely no cap and no limit. So it could be all of the tens or hundreds of thousands of people who are technically eligible under this rule. Good. That's uh, that's very good to know. Um, and uh, one question we've seen, do you have to be inside the U.S. in order to file the EAD application? Well, so one of the questions asks, do I have to be in the U.S. to file the EAD application, and then can I travel abroad while the case is pending? I think the gray area is, can I be in the U.S. and actually file it? It's much safer to file it, file the EAD application with the change or extension of status or whatever that you're doing when you are in the U.S., and then if you decide you're going to travel abroad while the case is pending because you expect it to take 90 days or 120 days, then... um, In general, we expect that the USCIS will continue the processing um, and approve the EAD application, similar to when a person applies for an H-4 extension of status and travels abroad, because as long as it's not a change of status, an extension of status is not deemed abandoned upon departure Mm -hmm. from the United States. So let's jump to a couple other questions, Joel, and I'll have you kind of think of some of these answers. Uh, One of the other questions that I've seen is, if my H-1B spouse moves to a new employer, does this impact my EAD card? No, that's not going to have a direct impact. Um, Your H-4 status and similarly your H-4 EAD, they're not tied to any particular employer. They are tied to your H-1B spouse and your remaining in valid H-4 status. So as long as you've maintained valid H-4 status, the fact that your H-1B spouse has moved to a new employer, that would have no direct impact on your existing EAD. Okay. The single most common question that many of us have seen here involves a scenario where the H-1B worker had an approved I-140 with company A. The employee, the H-1B worker, then extends the H-1 status based on that approved I-140, let's say for three full years because the priority dates are not current, and then moves to new employer company B. Unfortunately, after that, company A gets upset or believes that they want to protect themselves from Department of Labor back wage obligations. So they decide to withdraw or the ability to pay issue on some of their future green card applications. So then they decide to withdraw the I-140 petition. Can the H-4 spouse at this time apply for the EAD? What do you think? Well, this is a question that we have gotten uh, dozens and dozens of times. We can tell you uh, the one clear qu- issue is if the I-140 is still approved, has not been withdrawn, and the employee moves to new empl- uh, and the H-1B worker moves to a new company, in that situation, we know for a fact there's no problem. Um, the other issue the, where, where the I-140 gets withdrawn that is a more of a gray area. The USCIS, we posed that question to the US, USCIS during the H-4 EAD teleconference. They couldn't answer it. We have followed up with emails to CIS explaining why they should approve those cases. We have uh, spoken to people, uh, members of AILA, the American Immigration Lawyers Association, and we've also been in touch with a congressional office, and they are looking into the matter, trying to see if there's a way to argue that CIS should approve them. Uh, for the time being, I think you should expect that there's a high chance that the CIS will deny them. 
But we are hoping that's not the case. We're pushing for that not to be the case. And as soon as we get a definitive answer, we will be posting it on Murthy.com. We, we are aware of this issue. Um, we're fully aware, and we will let you know as soon as we hear anything. Yeah, and I think this is an extremely important point because based on the strict interpretation of the way the regulation is, which is you must be the a, a beneficiary of an approved AI-140 petition, and it's all used in the present tense, not in the past tense that have had a prior approval. So it seems not likely to qualify, but there is some little bit of gray area in one of the actual underlying rules and questions that gives us reason, which is what the reason that we are using to basically argue this point. So stay tuned. Absolutely, we'll be sharing information. Yeah, and then I think one last question, if you could answer for us, Sheila. What if I qualify for the EAD at the time of filing? I get the EAD, start working, and then after my EAD is issued, um, circumstances change and my H-1B spouse... Um, let's say, you know, the, the, the case gets denied and it's no, not, not being appealed, or for whatever reason, I no longer qualify. Is the EAD still valid in that circumstance? So again, it's a really good question. And these are great questions that many of you have, I guess, sent to us. And, and we've been trying to parse it out and talk to the government, as Joel said. Uh, but as noted in the final rule, the U.S. Department of Homeland Security, DHS, has the authority by law to revoke an EAD even after it has been approved if any condition upon which it was granted has not been met or no longer exists. And I'm quoting the actual regulation. So, for instance, if the EAD is approved based on the H-1B spouse's approved I-140 and then the I-140 is revoked, Potentially, the DHS could revoke the EAD as well. However, it is not clear whether this will actually be enforced or not because we've actually seen in the H-1B context where the USCIS has been approving the H-1B even after the I-140 approval based on a prior approval for H-1B, let's say, for three years. Then if you change from employer A to employer B, you could actually get the H-1B valid for the entire time as long as it was valid with the same time validity period as with the prior approval. So there's some gray area here again. So that being said, if the, if the reason that you no longer qualify is because you are no longer in valid H-1B status, for instance, if a person has changed to F-1 or the spouse now no longer is on H-1B status, meaning you're no longer, let's say, as the uh, person H-4 eligible for H-4 status, then obviously in this situation, the EAD would typically no longer remain valid. Um, and we've just touched upon a few of these issues. And the reason nobody and any lawyer that is claiming to give you clear-cut answers on any of these issues is either lying or has a crystal ball because the government has absolutely not issued any final clarification or rules. In fact, when we asked many of these questions to the USCIS, they seemed totally befuddled and confused. The Murthy Law Firm is continuing to fight for you to help the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the USCIS to issue broader and more favorable interpretations of many of these rules and many of these very important life-changing questions that each of you has posed. Uh, we, along with many other immigrant groups and other groups, have been pushing the government over the years for more gen generous interpretations of the H-4 EAD rules. 
So, uh, you know, I wish we could give you more clarity and more definiteness in some of these questions, but be rest assured, we absolutely intend to post that information on Murti.com, on our website, or if we need to have another follow-up, we will. On behalf of myself, Sheila Murthy, Joel Yanovich, and the entire Murthy Law Firm team, we thank you for making time to get some insights on the H-4 EAD regulations, and we look forward to continuing to help you and take great care of you here at the Murthy Law Firm. Have a great day. Thank you.